welcome to Conversations with Sarah. I'm Sarah Redden, Therapeutic Coach of SRTT, and today I'm joined by Amanda Joy, who's not only been a therapist for over 20 years, she's opened the Northern College of Clinical Hypnotherapy in 2020, where she's the Director of Studies, and she's also the host of Wednesday Wellbeing Show, which I've been fortunate enough to guest on, and the Tuesday Vibes Show. Welcome, Amanda. Hello. Hello, it's so lovely to be on your show. Thank you. Um, thank you for having me on. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you for joining me. Um, now, I know you've had a wonderfully rich career of helping others heal, and you've got an absolute passion for sharing knowledge and solutions through your school and the work that mm -hmm. you do, as well as like healing, hope and joy that you share on the podcast and the radio show and your, and your book. So there is <laughs> so much that we can talk about today. But I would like to start, if you feel comfortable, would you like to start with sharing some of your personal healing story? Yeah, I'd love to, do you know, because it's really my own personal healing journey that kind of carved out this weird and wonderful journey of, of, of sharing the message of healing and sharing mm. different tools and now teaching people how to become clinical hypnotherapists. You know, it's my own journey that's really kind of helped me to, to be this person I am now. And so I, I, uh, I struggled in school. I got very badly bullied in primary school and secondary school. I, I think I had a bit of a victim mentality, if I'm honest, I kind mm. of like, you know, didn't feel like I was enough and I didn't have a great deal of confidence. So, um, you know, and I thought every day if I just went home and cried to my mummy, she'd make it better. And it didn't yeah. work that, like that. So school was tough. You know, people say these are the best years of your life. They really yeah. weren't for me, Sarah. They were awful. No, um, and then I went from school um, to college. And when I got to college, um, um, it was it was noticed. They picked up that I had some reading and writing difficulties and I did like an educational assessment went to a special education center where they got me to do things with shapes and colors and write things and listen to things and copy numbers down and all yep. that kind of stuff and I was diagnosed as having a visual dyslexia which basically means that sometimes when I read things I don't take it in there's a bit of a missing link between what I'm reading and what I'm what mm -hmm. I'm processing um and I see things in a slightly different way I'm, I'm I'm kind of neurodiverse which you know is is it actually benefits me now yeah I'm not to interrupt you because it's so interesting I discovered in my 30s that I was dyslexic um, Yay. and very much I um pick the world apart in different ways which yeah. is absolutely a skill in the work that we do uh, I think um mm -hmm. and it's so interesting when you for me it was so so interesting when I realized that I had this like superpower that other people don't have <laughs> but with that, <laughs> with that comes some of the things that other people can find very easy like I found that my writing process I do about 30 steps where someone who is neurotypical would do five. Um, that <laughs> was very difficult for me um, and, and still is. So back back to you. I'm like, I'm, I am, I'm just very grateful for audio recordable. It types up your voice type technology that we have now because mm. that really does help me. But um, yeah, so I was I was I was putting this class a uh, special class that was going to, I was told was going to help me with my reading and writing challenges and uh, would enable me to do my 
course in health and social care and um, enabled me to become an, um, either a physiotherapist or a nurse. Those were the kind of areas that I was kind of really interested in working in. As a, as a child, I'd, I'd always felt that I was, you know, drawn to the healing arts. I had a, a vision as a child of, it was at Sunday school, and I had a vision at Sunday school of Jesus, and I was kind of sitting with some other children, and Jesus invited me to sit on his knee and said, you're going to be a healer. And I remember going home after Sunday school and saying, I'm going to be a healer, mum. And she was like, okay, dear. <laughs> yeah, but our Sunday school might have been a bit a bit different to other Sunday schools, but I did have this kind of quite strong Christian upbringing which when I got to that age, when I was in that special needs class, I rejected my faith completely. It was restrictive and I hated it. And I hated anybody who wanted to tell me that God was love when, um, you know, I didn't really see that in the people who were representing the, the churches that I certainly was involved with. Um, and I was in this, this special needs group and um, I was sat, and I, I don't mean to be offensive by this at all, but I was sat next to somebody who had a visual impairment there was a couple of kids in that group kids because I was a kid myself then um a couple of young people in that group who had uh, down syndrome and other quite severe learning disabilities um you know people um were given a carer to attend the group with and I, I turned up to this group and I thought really yeah, is because this, it sounds like you were at a completely different stage of need. Yeah. Is, is this how bad it is? Yeah. Is this where I really am? Is this where I really need to be? It had a huge um, negative impact on my confidence in my ability to learn. And from that point onwards, I really went on a very destructive kind of path. I hung out with lots of musicians and artists and rock stars and really embraced taking drugs and drinking and partying and dropped out of college and I, I did somehow end up being a nurse I don't quite know how I ended up doing that but I did end up being a nurse Um, I kind of went at it through um, a vocational route and I ended up um, working with people who were quadriplegic and ventilated all the way along this time I was still drinking and partying and, oh. and abusing because drugs and alcohol for me were a great pain reliever and all of that pain and trauma of the bullying and the and, and the lack of confidence and, and not feeling comfortable in my own skin that I, you know was as a result of, of my upbringing and my childhood and my adolescence I carried that with me and didn't know what to do with it. I didn't know how to fix myself. Mm -hmm. um, and I think I did eventually get on a, on a how, how can I fix myself journey, um, which, which has kind of led me to where I am now. Um, but I got into nursing and all my, oh, as all my clients were quadriplegic and ventilated. But many of my clients, many of my patients had neurological pain, had physical pain in their bodies but they shouldn't have because you've got a you know spinal injury you've got no signals going through that spinal yeah. cord how come you're in pain what's that all about um and um you know they were very confusing to uh, medical practitioners who couldn't understand that pain is just a, a signal it tells you that something's not right yeah. um and that pain may be physical but that may have an emotional uh, quality to it as well as a physical quality to it 
So what we were doing as medical practitioners, as a nurse, was what I was doing was I was giving massive quantities of opioid-based medications to, our, to my patients. And one day, this one particular patient said to me, you know, when you give me that pain medication, it doesn't stop me from feeling pain. It stops me from being able to tell you that I'm oh, feeling pain. Wow. And I was like, that's exactly what I did. I went, oh, I did not get into nursing or care work no. to gag people, to, to stop them from expressing their discomfort. I got into nursing because I really wanted to care for people. And that's really where my nursing career started to come to. Yeah, I mean, as you said it, I, I mean, I can, I've got tears in my eyes. It felt yeah. like that's not that's not what you come into any kind of caring profession to, to no. hear is it no and, and you, after you've come in it to more, heal you do and after more budget cuts and and other such things I did eventually leave the NHS but um before I did I got the opportunity to train in NLP and I got the opportunity to train in Reiki it was actually um we were looking for uh, something it was alternative medicine yeah, then, yeah. as opposed to uh, integrative medicine as we know it now but uh, it was <laughs> We were, I, and I went to Barclays Bank because I was told there was a healer worked at Barclays Bank, and I was like, anybody in this bank a healer? And this lady said, actually, I'm a, I'm a Reiki master, and I was like, could you come and do some healing on on one of my patients, please? Because I've heard you're, you know, really good. And I did actually see what I can only describe as a miracle that day. That lady came in to uh, uh, to the, the 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 hospital room where we were, and. Um, she laid her hands on the head of my uh, of the patient that I was working with, the patient that had actually said, you know, when you give me this medication, it just dumbs mm. me up. And he'd the the pain that he experienced was like being stabbed in the chest with red hot pokers. So that's not nice. No, not at all. And he wasn't able to sleep well, and he wasn't able to rest, and he was just in this constant state of anxiety and stress and pain, and and, and really in, in not in a very good place mentally, um, and had no physical movement, was just trapped in pain. It was horrific. Yeah. And I saw her, she put her hands on his head and the pain just, you could see, you can see pain in people's face. Mm. It drained, the pain drained out of his face. This, his skin tone changed colour and he drifted off into the most blissful sleep and had absolutely no pain, nothing at all for three full days afterwards, which at that time was an absolute miracle. Yeah. And I was like, what is it that you do? What's it all about? And she told me about energy medicine and that kind of put me on my journey to go become a Reiki master myself to study energy medicine. And I studied traditional Chinese medicine. Um, I got really into sort of body work, energy work, massage therapies. Uh, and of course, I trained in NLP as well, because that was the other thing that really, really worked using the power of the mind to turn down, to switch off um, discomfort in the body. Um, and it was just so amazing to kind of come from this very, very Western background where the only solutions and medications or, or, or maybe some physio or some, some exercise, mm. or, but, but not, nobody had ever suggested to me that we might actually be more than just, you know, muscles and bones, yeah. then we might be an energetic quality to us. And this just blew my mind and it really took me on this incredible journey. And, and what a, a really powerful introduction 
two like energy healing um, I mean mm. I'm into all of that and similarly to you I've done yeah. the training and um, I know we've talked before there's the similar um background in the things different but there's similarities like I've done the body yeah. work and the Reiki and so you see all these links and then it's brought me to the mind and and you're saying like about the NLP so at what point did you kind of tap into the hypnotherapy well it was really uh, when I started sort of using it on myself so I, I had all this knowledge um and had all this information and and I had all this stuff and I'd, I'd lived in Buddhist temples and done meditation and studied the mind and studied mindfulness and the benefits of it while I was doing my psychology degree and and, and I you know did did all this other work while I was doing counseling work I was just like forever a student basically Sarah. <laughs> yeah forever, I, I forever learning totally <laughs> just I love learning um so you know and while you know while I was doing all this stuff I was continuing to live this really almost quite secretive crazy lifestyle of 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 binge drinking and using using drugs um that really began to spiral out of control when I started mixing it with uh, prescribed medications as well so lots and lots of prescribed medications from lots of different doctors um, mm. followed by lots and lots of alcohol um, and cannabis and cocaine was an also a favorite of mine because I took coke so I could drink more and and it was just it was a daily occurrence you know that I would get up I would take prescription medication so I could get to work and I was teaching at the time and don't ask me how I did it but you know it, you just kind of do when you're in that yeah, kind of state you just get through it and it's really not a pleasant world to live in um, and a real and disconnect then, between what you're intellectually learning and experiencing with your training and then how you're living your life is oh, not, yeah. not marrying up really, is it? It was a huge disconnect. I'd completely lost a sense of who I was by this point. It was just totally, it just spun really out of control. I was hanging out with really dodgy people. I was going to very dangerous places um, and my earring keeps falling out, which is hilarious. <laughs> I'll show it back in and um yeah it was all it was all it was all a bit mental really and I was dying um I was um my skin was turning yellow I'd gone blind in one eye I was a size 28 um my kidneys were were, were horror were in a really poor state and I had this developed this autoimmune disorder called hydrogenitis superativa HS because it's a big long name mm. um where you your body gets covered in in boils and I had these massive cricket ball egg sized boils all over my body in my armpits on my breasts between my legs I could barely walk some days and you know they were filled with horrible nasty green smelly oozy pus and I was just that's how I lived yeah. and I was just drinking and partying and you know dealing with all of these sores and just you know the doctor sort of said to me I give you three months Wow. And we're going to need to have some serious medical intervention. Someone needs to stop. And um, I never saw that doctor again because I didn't like what he said. Yeah, so, and that's what I was going to say. You know, what what changed for you? What actually brought that change about? Um, doctor? No, it really wasn't the doctor because I thought I was fine. I'm yeah. fine. Um, and fine, you know, whenever I, whenever I say to people, how are you? And they say, I'm fine. I always kind of think, okay, what does that mean? Well, for me, it meant fucked up, <laughs> irrational, neurotic and emotional. <laughs> so I know I shouldn't really swear on your show. Sorry, Sarah. That's fine. But I just took the explicit box. <laughs> <laughs> That's what fine meant to me. Yeah. I really was not fine. I was in no, a real mess. 
I was completely irrational. I had no idea. My, I was, my life had completely spun out of control. It was totally unmanageable yeah. by the end. Um, I was neurotic about everything. I mean, I had to be neurotic about everything just to function. And, and I was hugely emotional, lots of, lots of anger, um, lots of, you know, real highs and lows of, of, of emotion going from the high of partying and having a great time to the lows of, of hangovers and, and come downs and, and yeah. the depression. That the reality of what real. the experience you were living yeah, just just horrific, just dragging myself through each day. And I didn't want to live. I didn't want to live. And uh, I think the, the turning point was when I just kind of woke up one day and thought, I don't want to live anymore. Mm. I'm done. I'm finished with this. This is not this. This is not what I thought life was going to be. I, I felt emotionally painful. I felt physically in pain. My head was full of absolute nonsense and I just didn't want to live. But there was this little voice inside my head that did want to live. There was something within me that that knew there was more to life than this. And I just didn't know how how to get there. Um, and then. You know, there's that saying, isn't there? Healer, heal thyself. <laughs> yes. and I thought, I've got all this knowledge. I've got counselling and psychology and acupuncture and traditional Chinese medicine and all these healing modalities. Why am I not applying any of this to my own life? What is going on? It was like I had all this information, but I just wasn't using any of it. Yeah, yeah. Wasn't applying any of it to my own life at all. And did you um, recognise why you wasn't applying it to your, to your life? I think I was just in so much pain, emotionally and physically, and just wasn't thinking straight. Mm. I think I wanted a quick fix. I wanted to be out of pain right now. And yeah. for a long time, drugs and alcohol definitely took me out of that pain place that they, they helped me to feel calm, confident. You know, it helped me to be, you know, a good singer at a karaoke, maybe a good dancer <laughs> in a disco, maybe not. <laughs> but it gave me the confidence to speak to people when I didn't feel like I could. It, yeah. it helped me to feel like it stopped me from feeling alone when I was by myself, you know, it was like, it was like, I, I, I joke about it, like it being the bad boyfriend, um, you know, I, I, I protected it feistily, but it, it, there was definitely some benefits. <laughs> but then it yeah, we don't do these things unless there, there's some secondary mm. benefit to it. Even if we know that it's not in some way, it's not helpful in some way it's destructive. The, the, mm. the, the thing that, feels good about it is what keeps keeps us mm -hmm. in it so when when you were realizing that like you've got all of these skills you've got all of this knowledge there's all this stuff that you want to do you could do for yourself but you're still you're using the quick fix you're using all the other stuff then you've hit mm. that stage of like actually I, I don't want this anymore and that little voice kind of came up for you what what was that where was that little voice taking you I was I was at I was at a crossroads and I knew I had to change or I was going to die Mm. and and I knew I had all this knowledge and all these skills so I, had to, I knew I had to choose to apply some of those to my life but I also knew that I needed help because I hadn't successfully managed to apply any of this knowledge to my life by myself yeah and I needed to ask for help and asking for help was actually the hardest part <laughs> yeah. I had to get humble Sarah and I had to say yeah. you know what I can't do this by myself I need help so I asked for help 
and I got it. I got the help I needed. I asked for help from God and I got into praying and that was really helpful. I asked for help from colleagues, from friends. I went to um, rehabilitation groups. I went to rehab um, and I asked for help and I got help. Um, but what gave me the deeper, what, what, what enabled me to have the deeper levels of healing, to heal the pain of the past that was causing me to reach for the numbing, numbing out solutions, that was hypnotherapy. Yeah, That was what hypnotherapy did for me. It took me from negative to positive. It took me from anxious to calm. It took me from a raging alcoholic <laughs> to somebody who just doesn't need, uh, doesn't desire that in my life at all. It took me from somebody who reached for medications and pain medications to somebody that doesn't need it. It helped send my HS into remission. It helped to heal my sight. And it, it's, it's helping right now to heal my heart as well. Because I obviously, with my, all the abuse I did to myself yeah. years ago, I have a few heart problems as well. I've had a few heart problems. Yeah. Um, and now I'm doing mixed martial arts on a daily basis. And I'm walking and running and I'm fitter. I'm fitter physically. Um, and I've gone from a size 28 to about an 18, kind of 16, 18 now, depending on where I shop. Um, mm. and, but do you know what? I wake up in the morning and I am happy and I'm yeah. glad to be alive. And even on very kind of tough days, difficult days, I love my life. I don't wake up and wish I was dead. And that That's comes out in, in everything, everything that I've experienced of you, like listening to your podcast, listening, uh, watching like the stuff that you share on the social media, it really comes mm. out and it's, it's not in that kind of like Instagram perfect, like, oh, look at my amazing life, like nothing ever goes wrong. It's in that real kind of I'm living my best life and I'm experiencing I'm experiencing the pain that goes on and I'm experiencing the pleasure of 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 truly enjoying the things that I connect with and the things that I do um mm. and like people listen to the radio show and the podcast like you talk to people and and, and I, when I came on it was such a wonderful experience of um feeling that joy and that warmth and that love that you put out into the world and I it was one of my first podcast experiences and I came away from that feeling like wow I, I did so good um and and really oh, like you, your show you was helped amazing. me I with it. that <laughs> and it was beautiful oh. and it was like it was and I really see that coming to you as a client or coming to you to learn things um like that is who you are now that is where you're at yeah. now and you and and it's kind of, just been you drag everyone there. along into that joyful place <laughs> with, with you um. it's it's only five years this year since I got clean and sober so this transformation has been fast this yeah. change has been dramatic and I and I and I do sometimes go wow this is my life it's amazing and I love it but what I really want to do is I want to share these powerful tools and techniques yeah. that we use Sarah because they do help you to stop smoking they do help you to get free of drugs they it, it does reduce pain it yeah. does help with weight management it, it it helps you to change your mindset it it those powerful conversations that we have with our subconscious mm. impact our bodies impact us on a cellular cellular level and I want to teach people these tools and techniques I spent years and years studying 
learning all this stuff it's time now to share yeah. what i know works what i believe works what i know works because i've you know, experienced yeah, you've it. it you know i am um, i'm it i'm living yeah. proof I, I i couldn't i couldn't do it if i didn't believe in it so yeah. much and, and that's um, like the same with the, the stuff i do it's like because it's yeah. helped me manage like my health stuff and heal from past experiences and and kind of work through and it is like when we've talked before like sometimes you think like breathing like breathing we all breathe but when we breathe in a conscious way it makes such a difference the hypnotherapy using that tool to encourage our minds to think in a different way and tap into yeah. other stuff it's it's so powerful one of the the things i share all the time is like if, if we can imagine all the terrible things that can happen to our lives like that's yeah and it stops us doing things so if we can imagine all the amazing things that we can have we can have in our life we open that doorway don't we we open that possibility to ourselves mm. um and i know like you you're so passionate about sharing the tools with people so do you want to talk a little bit about the school and and and, and how you help people learn i'd love to so you know obviously i want to prepare really good quality therapists so that we can help people because we're in a time aren't we where there's there's a real sort of the real pandemic is mental well-being at the moment mm. our services are not able to support people um, and i used to say our services do the best that they can and they do do the best that they can but my experiences of late are that they abandon people who are suicidal and they do and they do nothing but provide medication for people which is like putting a very small plaster on a massive gaping wound they are not equipped at the moment they are short staffed they overrun they are demoralized um, I, I'd, I'd like to support NHS staff, really, but um, I really feel that we're in this, the real pandemic right now is, is mental mental well-being. People are struggling. People are struggling with confidence. People are struggling with anxiety. The amount of people who've struggled, you know, like it, lockdown was tough for people, but coming out of lockdown has been a lot scarier for, for people than, than, you know, what, what I expected. Um, a lot of people haven't come out and gone, freedom, you know, they've come out and they've gone, oh my God, I'm really scared you're a person and oh, I'm scared of people yeah. I'm scared of places I've got to go to work and I'm scared of that I've got to do a presentation oh, and I'm already anxious and I'm anxious about the presentation but I'm doubly anxious now and everything just seems to be more enhanced more like they've turned up the volume almost yeah on, on, on what I found is people have, have really and thrived with this working from home and being able to set yeah. their life up in a way that actually supports their health differently um and so now having to go back to work in an environment that you know they've got to travel they've got to maybe be in around people that they don't particularly want to be around and they can't manage their life in a way that that has, has worked for them it's now we've had this it wasn't ideal lockdown wasn't ideal Definitely but for, not. for some people it enabled them to realize that life wasn't working the way it was before Yes. And now they, they don't want to go back to the life that they were in, but they can't, they, they don't have the tools, they don't know, how they to don't know where to go it. to change it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So clinical hypnotherapy provides so many solutions to so many challenges with physical and mental well-being. And there's just such a need. And I just felt like I literally couldn't see any more clients in my week. It was too, my calendar was very full and I'm sure you're, you're, the, you're the same. Um, and I just thought we need more really good quality therapists out there. We need people who can really, you know, 
who, who are very well educated, who can who can genuinely help and support people. Those people who've got a heart, to, to a passion to heal, uh, to help, to support, um, to, to help people transform, then my training course is really for you. And I offer a foundation weekend, which is like a dip your toe in the water opportunity. Mm-hmm. Come and do a couple of days of training with us, do some assessments, do some learning, find out how it is, have a go at inducing trance. That's really good fun when people do that for the first time. Like, oh my God, I'm going to put someone in hypnotic trance. Like, yes, you are. Um, and then they get to receive that lovely trance feeling as well on that first weekend. We work on confidence building as well, because whenever you're doing anything new, Yes, I mean, a bit scary. of confidence is is definitely going to be really helpful. But I've done loads of training, as you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've done quite a lot of therapeutic training where I've rocked up and I've paid loads of money to do a course. Then I've either I've not really liked the people who I'm learning with because they're like there's always that weird guy at the back who picks his nose, or you know, there's been, <laughs> there's been just somebody who's kind of makes me feel a bit unsure, or I just don't feel like I've really gelled. Or yeah, it's not the right vibe. Or I've thought, do you know what? Course material's a bit shabby. Or I've just not really thought it was any good. So I wanted to give people the opportunity to meet the teacher, to meet their potential classmates, for us to really get to know them as well so that we can guide them in the right way and, and for them to kind of check out the materials, see what reading resources we provide. Um, because I've got dyslexia and actually a couple of my teachers have as well, we have everything in audio format and video format as Amazing. well as it. And everything is like, everything is kind of, as accessible as we can make it and we're, we're always looking to continue to improve that and that's my job as director of studies to make sure that it's all very accessible and that we are actually teaching the latest because hypnotherapy is so such a dynamic yeah thing. it changes learning all the time it's amazing yeah. So I get to I get to geek out and learn more and make sure that we're up to date. And uh, anyway, the foundation is an opportunity for you to dip your toe yeah. in the water and see if it's for you. And if it is, well, then uh, you can choose to stay on and do our diploma training, which will enable you to become a fully qualified clinical hypnotherapist. Uh, and you'll be able to support people like me who struggle with who struggled with weight, who struggled with anxiety, who struggled with um, addictions, um, you know, struggled with low mood. I, I don't like to use labels, but so things like depression, um, who struggled with confidence, who'd had negative experiences from the past who kind of were still having an impact on life. Um, and of course, my real passion is to support women to have beautiful births. So um, this year, um, I've also started to teach um, students how to become hypnobirthing instructors, hypnobirthing teachers, trainers, because, um, you know, birth is a fairly important part of our lives as babies but it's a huge important part of our lives as mums and many people are absolutely terrified of giving birth it's a very scary thing for a lot of people and the messages that we put out there are not right healthy um you know the stuff we see on the tv just involves lots of people lying on the backs and screaming and i want to really provide a really a really good education like what is happening in your body when you are birthing how can we use hypnotherapy how can we use this hypnosis that's amazing and breath work which is so powerful to really support mums to have 
a beautiful birth and and I, you know beauty can doesn't always you know is not always yeah. void of discomfort but you can birth with joy and you can birth with ease and that is what our program so this, yeah so this new program is that is that you teaching people to teach or is it you working with mums expecting it's babies? teaching people I have been working with mums for a long long time so yeah. now it's the um, next level of now life. it's the next level so now I'm teaching people how to teach it um because it's so important um and this last year has been a bit weird for people giving birth so i wanted to really empower mums to know what choices they have got um and know their rights so they know that they are in control of their birth and they can birth in where whatever way that they want to and feel feel good feel confident trust their bodies um and enjoy actually enjoy giving birth I know people like enjoy giving birth that's not possible but um the feedback that I have from the women that I've worked with is that they actually do feel very strong very powerful and actually do really enjoy giving birth (laughs) yeah and and it can be such a beautiful a beautiful experience I mean I my birth stories are I let's put it this way I don't share my birth stories with anyone who has not already had their children because the experience that I had was not the greatest and I wouldn't want anyone to think that that was the normal experience but as you said sometimes when you do start to talk about it there is um a very range of experience that, that we have so being able to be empowered and to know what you want from your birth experience and be able yes. to communicate that I think is so so important and, um, and also as a part of my course um just sort of reflecting on what you're saying as part of the, the joy in birthing course I do actually teach um the my trainers how to support mums who've had not very nice birthing experiences who who've had who've experienced injury or trauma as a result of the birthing of the birthing experiences that they've had I also teach our trainers how to support women who've had had loss be it a loss Mm -hmm. of a child a miscarriage even a termination because all of those things can negatively impact our expectation of birth and we know if we if we think it's going to be awful you wake up in the morning and you go I'm gonna have a bad day guess what we're gonna have a bad day so if you think your birth is gonna be fairly awful it's probably not gonna (laughs) my first child I very much I wanted a water bath I wasn't having any drugs I wanted it to be I wanted it to be like what I think your lovely idea with like that that is what I wanted my body had different ideas um yeah. uh, and I had to have medical I had to have medical intervention yeah and of absolutely. course that, that sticks and stays and it and it impacts because then consequently the next child it was like that wasn't a possibility for me and so I yeah. I had to grieve that experience that you know I was the use the terry towling nappy mum <laughs> that kind of that's where I was and, and it just was very different so I think something like this like if you can if you don't have to have to have a medical intervention and you Mm. tap in I think it's just amazing isn't it so and and if you do have to have a medical intervention let's understand what that medical intervention is going to do and let's use our hypnotherapy techniques let's use our breath work let's use our knowledge and what we know helps let's use that and apply that maybe slightly differently so that we can work with the medication so we can work with what's going on and because you know my background is very western and I have worked in, in in maternity in hospitals 
And I've seen these lovely women who want to om their babies into the world and have a lovely water birth. And they get there and they go, oh, and then they get scared because, yeah. you know, it's not exactly what they expected. Yeah. So I like to prepare. I always think it's like preparing for a marathon. My, my, my training helps mums to prepare for whatever way yeah. their baby chooses to come into this this world it enables you to to listen to your body to know what your body needs and to go with whatever happens whether you have an induction whether you end up having a, a, a cesarean whether you struggle with with you know towards the end of your pregnancy you're like just get this baby out of me now yeah. <laughs> whatever yeah. whatever whatever you know birth you have whatever yeah. route that takes um, the joy in birthing uh, it's an education it's it's a it's a birthing education program yeah. as well as so powerful that yeah. sounds so yeah. I mean I'm I'm past that stage but like if <laughs> that definitely would be the kind of thing I would want to tap into um, especially given my experiences to, to be able to have the ability to I, I want to say control but that's not the word I don't think that's the word that I want to impact my experience within what what had to happen feels mm. like a very powerful tool to, to, to have had. And I think would have like for me or people like that it would perhaps have experienced some of the stuff I experienced to be able to, I'm going to use the word control because I can't think of yeah. any other word. So if you have got control that is word, a good please, word. Yeah. Control that, that is you, a good word. That you've, that even if, because I don't want to really share all my stuff, but even if all of this other stuff is going on around you, you know that you, you've got these tools that you can bring in to absolutely. retain some control of the experience that you're having. And, and I think retain he, absolute control and feel yeah. calm and feel like you're choosing when you feel like you're choosing and when you feel confident and when you feel calm, and when you do have that sense of control, wow, things just, yeah, you know, all the other you, stuff, it doesn't matter. Get through, you get through the stuff that's yeah. happening. Um, Amazing, so powerful. It's really exciting. I'm yeah. really excited about yeah. it because, no. um, yeah, super I'm, duper I am noticing the time. So we are like, overrunning. But do you want to quickly talk about the book? Because you want to quickly, because it's so important that people know what's, how they can get hold of it's you. It's called Stories of Truth and Triumph. It's a collaboration. It's to help raise money for Megan's Space, which is a charity that supports teenagers young adults who are having mental health challenges Megan was I believe 21 when she took her own life she chose suicide to end her life and many young people nowadays in fact it's 18 to 20 young people every week are choosing suicide and that is unnecessary death those are unnecessary deaths as far as I'm concerned and it's because there's no support for young people they get medication they get sent to where you might see a counsellor in six months Megan space will enable young people to get access to therapy more or less straight away but not only do they provide therapy they provide like a roadmap of coaching and support and tools and hypnotherapy and havening technique and EFT are all very much part of that they'll help them to to guide them to a future that is is quite beautiful and 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 for them a unique future for them and I don't think there's anything like that at all it's an amazing organization so all the proceeds of the book stories of truth and triumph are going towards Megan's space and it is it's my little part of that book is my recovery story it's the bit where things had got really bad and what I did that enabled me 
to get on this healing journey so yeah i will pop some links in the show notes and when when it goes Thank out on, so on the social media i'll pop some links to where people can can get in touch with you and where they can buy the book and the things because it's so <laughs> i think it's so important and we've talked about so many it's things one, today it's one pound and 11 pence sarah for I mean, the book you, you, that's so please buy it but i will i will put, i'll put the link like if, if, if you're listening watching and you're not seeing it in the show notes come on to like the Facebook page or the Instagram and, and you'll, you'll, you'll find the details and, and how to kind of get into it. Um, I'm, I'm going to bring it to a close now if it feels okay. Is there anything you kind of yes. want to leave people listening with? Yeah, I was doing a little meditation this morning and, and this was my meditation. It just feels relevant. So it was every situation in your life is a learning experience. That learning experience has been created by your soul to teach you how you can to teach you how you can gain more love in your life and gain more power so every situation good situations bad situations whatever situation you're in today it's a learning experience that's been created by your soul and I just thought yeah I love that um, so I'll leave it there thank you so much thank you for coming on and speaking to me it's been wonderful i mean i wish i could do this every week um and i'm definitely <laughs> having you back next year whether you want to come or not yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, thank definitely. you thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story and you know the things that are going on for you that other people can get involved with to help them heal and spread the joy out to others just um, ask for help ask for help like, exactly yeah. so thank you to everyone that's listening i hope that you've enjoyed today's episode i'd love to hear your feedback to find out more about me and my guests visit srtt.co.uk and follow at srtt podcast on social media i'll be back next wednesday with a new guest until then stay curious and be kind to yourself <laughs>